0: Alright, I am joined by Neil Jones, aka or possibly BKA, better known as Ariel Knight. Uh, (laughs) uh, The developer of Ariel Knights Never Yield, a brand new game that is out now on pretty much every console that you want to get. Neil, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. For having me. I Absolute. it. yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's start off with the easiest question in the entire world. Your game is now launched. How's it feel?
1: Uh, it's still exhausting. I have, uh, I think uh, one or two bugs left that I'm trying to fix or uh, hunt down on uh, uh, consoles. Uh, but that's literally it. As soon as I fix that, I'm done.
0: <laughs> and nice, you can wipe your hands and move on. Um, uh, just to be clear, this is a game that is solely you. Correct? You are the developer and the sole creator of this game. Are you working with a smaller team? How did this kind of come together?
1: No, I, I started the game uh, completely by myself. Um, I reached out to my friends, of course. Uh, in Michigan, we don't really, you know, have a lot of studios or anything yeah. like that. For whenever I need help with code or anything like that, uh, uh, because you know, not one person can do can do everything. Uh, but uh, I did a majority of the game uh, by myself. I did have help from my friend Dan, who did all of the music. Um, uh, the, the multiple random people that I know like read over my code and clean stuff up. Um, uh, towards the end of the process, uh, after uh, uh, I landed a publisher uh, and hit up, uh, they uh, you know reached out and uh, had they got me some help with porting to all of these different platforms, which was the most intensive part. Um, and just you know, general cleanup, uh, and they helped me uh, really uh, add that um, outfit uh, feature that I really wanted in the game, mm-hmm. but I really just didn't have time to kind of do by myself.
0: Oh, well, because it's quite an undertaking, obviously, to make any game by yourself. But when you're working on something, it's sort of just putting it together piecemeal. Um, and you mentioned Detroit, and I wanted to get into that, or Michigan, you mentioned, but you're in Detroit, correct? Yes. Yeah. Games have now become. I mean, they've been global for a long time, but with the indie scene right now, and I hedge this by saying this morning I had a call with somebody in Toronto, and his partner was in Paris, France. So, you know, that's how games are made nowadays. Uh, there are still places where it's a burgeoning industry, and you mentioned it yourself. I'm just curious, is there a game scene at all in Detroit? What does it look like? Yeah, it's a very
1: small uh, game scene. and um, <laughs> I apologize for my voice. I'm starting to lose my voice just a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's because you're in demand. Everybody's talking to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, there, there's a small game scene in uh, Michigan But we all kind of know each other And you know, support uh, each other um, We have the opportunities that we have Because we created them for ourselves mm-hmm. um, And it, we're really easy to find Everybody knows you know, each other by name And each other's phone numbers And we do all kinds of events and things like that um, uh, we, we all kind of came from the same place From these for-profit schools That really didn't do anything for us um, and we just try to make it work on our own. Um, and you know, after so many years, we're all like kind of launching our games uh, now. There were three, I think, they came out in the last two months from Michigan. Uh, and you know, it's it's really starting to grow and pick up steam. And with uh, so many people, you know, exiting those giant uh, those giant cities mm-hmm. um, because it's so expensive to live in. Um, I feel like more people will gravitate towards uh, Michigan or just Detroit specifically because of the cost of living. It's just so much lower, Um, and we have seasons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I miss those. Uh, I live in Los Angeles, and I can attest to the unbelievable property costs that are here. I also can say that um, the producer of our podcast lives in Detroit, and he moved there from San Francisco for exactly that reason. You just said maybe you'll run into him at some point. Um, I do think it's fascinating, though, to see scenes kind of grow up in places where – for so long, San Francisco was a hub. Tokyo, obviously, has been a hub for years and years and years. But now you're seeing these grassroots people making their own games, being able to make what they wanted to do. How did you get into game design? What is it that you wanted to do with game design? And you mention it yourself and the success of the people around you, but when you have a game like this that launches and gets some fanfare and is on everything, it must be great for the entire community there to watch, you know, look, this can be done. Now, you know, like somebody set the president.
1: Yeah, everybody's like really excited up here. Um, a little bit more than I am. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, it's really cool. But uh, just to see how excited everybody else is, is, you know, it's really fun. Um, but yeah, um, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on the first part
0: of your question. All good, I tend to ramble with my questions. Uh, how did you get into game design? What was it about it? That, were you just a fan of games, you wanted to get into game design? What attracted you to this field?
1: Yeah, I... I I kind of didn't, didn't have any kind of plan when, you know, they would ask the kids in high school or middle school what you want to be. I was like, I'll make video games or I'll be a Power Ranger. <laughs> uh, and, and one of those wasn't available, so uh, a Power Ranger, uh, uh, yeah. I, I just make games because, you know, that's the only thing I know and really like. Um, I, I didn't really like anything else, um, so I went to this uh, for-profit school. Um, met a a bunch of uh, other kids that was in the same situation that I was Um, but you know I I really uh, wanted to be like more of a coder Mm -hmm. but man I was just like at that time I was terrible at it so I fell more into 3D art um, and people like really uh, you know liked what I was doing with 3D art so I kind of just kept on that path and uh, fell more into um, app development and uh, development for the auto show because we have a you know, automotive industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was very big up here. Um, so I, I did more, you know, uh, vehicle-based apps and things like that and picked up more skills along the way. Um, eventually, you know, game, uh, became really frustrated with the game industry because I couldn't get any opportunities no matter what I did. So um, after so many years, I just kind of gave up on that and just started doing my own thing.
0: When you say that you were you were looking for programming jobs at different studios, or what were you looking for in the games? Oh, industry? I, was, I was looking for like art jobs, internships, uh-huh. anything. Even towards you know the later uh, portion of it, I think uh, I was this. Uh, I was eight
1: years into like uh, being a part of the game industry, applying for entry level jobs and okay. still getting like hard no's. <laughs> like so, I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna do my own stuff.
0: And it worked out, thankfully, but it is frustrating when you're watching an industry kind of boom and you feel like you're knocking on a door and nobody's answering those types of calls. I mean, kudos to you for branching out on your own, but it is frustrating to hear something like that, especially as how many industry – the industry's so big at this moment that you would think there's a boom of jobs and it's aggravated to hear something like that.
1: Yeah, and like, uh, there's a misconception of people saying, "Well, that, that happens to everybody." And yes, a lot of you know, no matter what the race uh, of the person mm-hmm. is, it happens to all groups. But uh, when you look at the numbers specifically, people who look like me get it the hardest. Like, there's none of us in the game industry, pretty much, um, and we're just trying to say, like, we want a legit reason why. Because every uh, recruiter I talked to said my my stuff was really good. But all of the reasons that I couldn't get the job had nothing to do with my capabilities. It
0: was either um, I didn't fit the studio culture that they was trying to build or, you know, I lived too far away. Mm-hmm. Things like that, uh,
1: things that, you know, they would never bring up to someone else. Um, so, you know, that's where the frustration comes from. Um, uh,
0: hey, the best person should get the job. And a lot of times that isn't true. But if you're not, yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from from my own perspective i mean i don't have the same life experience that you have obviously um i I do think when you look at the makeup of a lot of the studios and the people who are doing this you don't see a lot of you know young black males or females working in this industry um and i hopefully it can start to change i know there are initiatives a lot of these studios to address this issue uh however seeing the success you have on your own will also i think push this forward quite a bit
1: yeah, the game like it was always meant to prove a point, and that's why uh, uh, when Head Up reached out, um, there was a couple of publishers that reached out and asked uh, to you know team up and do something. Uh, but I really wasn't interested until Head Up wrote mm-hmm. this really nice letter. They kind of understood the point I was trying to make. Uh, they broke down like exactly what I was trying to say and do. Um, they understood it wasn't about money. They didn't care about that. Um, it was about the vision of the game going on and the point that I was trying to make um, and like after reading that I was I was all in I went to work with
0: them really fast. yeah and now you're on every platform uh, let's talk a little bit about the game itself I really love the way you've described it as a narrative runner because I think that's a genre that doesn't really exist or that if it does it's yes. not a dominant genre at the moment uh, so what about that type of game was appealing to you and how did you kind of come up with the concept of what this game was gameplay wise and the narrative wise yeah. Um, so uh, when I decided that I was gonna just like make, you know, just put all into one game, just go all in
1: uh, for the next, you know, couple years into one game, uh, I really took a lot of time because, you know, uh, you know, I'm gonna be
0: stuck with it for a while yeah. um, to figure out what I wanted to make and what I wanted to say, um, and like what I could do if given an opportunity, uh, which
1: was the real message. So I wanted to take a genre that everyone knew and everyone can enjoy watching and not just playing mm-hmm. um, and like change it, see what I can do, make my small tweaks to it without changing gameplay too much. Um, but was relatively friendly to not only, you know, speed runners, but everybody who um, doesn't necessarily, you know, particularly play that, those types of games, but uh, we'll give this one a chance just because of how it looked and felt um, and maybe bring more people into uh, the runner genre. Uh, but also being welcoming to, you know, those hardcore people who really want everything to be tracked time-wise and, you know, have that uh, really uh, hardcore mode.
0: Yeah, I like that you brought up speedrunners because that's, first off, I'm a fan of speedrunning. I think it's just fun to watch in general. But it's, you know, it's kind of like this niche cottage industry within gaming itself now that keeps growing and growing. So I feel like if you're designing a game, why not have them in mind as you're doing it, right?
1: Yeah, and as I was, uh, you know, developing uh, uh, the game... Uh, like I said, I was trying to like make it different. What can I do to upgrade the genre that mm-hmm. hasn't been done? So I want to add a story to it. Um, and by adding a story, I put cutscenes in between each level. I gave the, the game a definite ending, so it wasn't an endless runner, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where the narrative runner title comes from.
0: Well, where did the story come from? Uh, what's it based on?
1: Uh, The story, I I, I always leave it kind of vague. A couple people have came really close to figuring out what's going on. Um, But the the story is all, like, if you want to be really deep about it, it's just all about, you know, facing yourself. Um, And, you know, nothing can, like, hold you back from anything except for yourself.
0: Love that. Uh, You mentioned your art style earlier. I think that's one of the things that immediately when you look at this game, it hits you is the art style. I hope that this is the compliment that I mean it as because I was a huge fan of these games, but it reminds me a little bit of Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio back in the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you have, uh, was that an influence, but did you, what was the influence on in the art style?
1: So it's my uh, natural art style. When I uh, picked what art uh, I wanted the game to look mm-hmm. like, I picked what I could do the fastest just because there was so much art. And uh, I think people don't understand when you make a runner or anything like Sonic or anything like that. You're making so much art that people will only see for half a second. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that first level took months to make just because of all the art and backgrounds and you know uh, changing art and updating things and, and such. It just took so long, and um, the later levels like just as long with the art. Um, and you you run the, the game is beatable in like a, the length of the action movie. So you know two years worth of art you you see in about an hour or
0: uh, hour and a half. Yeah, it's astonishing the amount of work that goes into something that just flies by. <laughs> you, know, I mean, you hear that from a lot of artists. You, you slave over something and then it just like nobody, it, it just blows right past somebody's eyeballs and don't even pay attention to Yeah. yeah. yeah but that, that attention to detail is what makes it such a vivid game, and I think which, why it's so appealing to a lot of people is just because it looks, it, it doesn't really look like other games out there, but it does. It looks familiar, but it has, I guess like you said with the, the genre itself, it has a tweak on something that's familiar.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, low-poly, uh, stylized, but, um, you know, I, I take my liberties in certain places.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, with the launch of this game, and now that you said at the beginning you're kind of uh, just about wrapped up with this, what are you looking towards for the future? Are you are you taking a break after doing all this? Do you want to—I'm not sure if you have, like, a next project in mind, but I'm wondering because you did this all by yourself, would you like to have more of a studio, start collaborating with more of the people— um, who are around I mean it's weird right because you're in a you're in a place that has a burgeoning scene but at the same time like do you want to kind of build up that scene with the other people or does everyone kind of want to do their own thing how's it how's it look
1: yeah out here in Michigan everybody kind of just does their own thing mm-hmm. you know that, that's, that's cool for me um, for, for my me specifically um, uh, you know I have my prototypes that I uh, worked on you know I, I have um, you know a bunch of stuff uh, you know locked and ready to go. It's just, I'm waiting to see how this game does, uh, how people gravitate towards certain things. Um, if you play Never Yield, you can see um, the ideas that I had that, you know, um, I, I put out there and then pulled back from because I wanted to see if people liked it and gravitated towards it. Um, and, you know, I have all these awesome concepts if I ever, you know, revisited that game. Um, but, you know, it was just
0: waiting to see what the support looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, I don't don't think I ever like just do a solo thing again.
1: It's probably gonna be me and a couple people. Uh, uh, one so I can get it out faster. Um, and two so that I could do even more.
0: Expand a little bit, yeah. Um, what's been the response so far to the game? I know it literally. I think we launched what two days ago. You launched the game, but the early response to the game. What's I guess what stood out to you from people reacting to it, and also just on a personal level, what's it like to see people playing your game? I
1: don't, I don't know if the whole thing, like, really hit me yet. I've just been kind of tired <laughs> of days. Um, But no, like, the response from, like, people, you know, on Twitter and, and such and been really kind. Um, I was so nervous reading uh, reviews um, that, that came out Um uh, who, from people who got early copies, but uh, the consensus was, like, sevens and, you know, okay. high sevens, like, high sixes, which, hey, I'm, hey, I, 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 I would take with a smile on my face um, because uh, I had no clue how this game would did. No one did. Um, even my publisher, it was like, ah, uh, we don't even know.
0: Uh, <laughs> so. Because it's a new genre, well, not a new genre, but a different take on a new, on a genre that's...
1: Yeah, it's a different take, and, you know, um, uh, you know, we, we put out a demo. Um, and the the, the the logic with demos is like not normally, you know, directly relates to sales. Sometimes it can hurt sales. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like we we had a bunch of smart people look into it, and no one could really kind of give us a framework of you know what it was actually gonna uh, do. So, uh, I'm just I'm just glad people like it. Um, and it was made for pretty much no money, so um, uh, it's a win no matter what to me. <laughs>
0: Uh, I want to talk about the music a little bit Because the music is the other part of this game That I think just grabs people instantly um, it, has a, it has an interesting blend I think I read a, a post that I think you yourself wrote talking about the music And sort of a You want to do a blend of hip-hop and classical jazz um, I think That comes across I'm wondering how that came together How many tracks are in the game and then uh, Do you have any plans of just releasing the music for the game?
1: Yeah, the music is already out uh, oh, perfect. I think it released today uh, think you can get it on bandcamp they have a um, uh, youtube uh, you know playlist that you can listen to it on and uh, we have a vinyl uh coming out which you can reorder it now um, and that was super awesome people really gravitated towards the music so I, I was really happy about that um but originally um i I was looking for a different sound uh but you know uh, I went with that it, it didn't really feel right um Uh, my friend Dan
0: uh, who you know was with me since like after I made my prototype Uh, we worked together for like a good three months before we got that first song Mm -hmm.
1: really solidified and we went through every genre that you could think of I was originally trying to avoid hip hop just because I didn't want to get you know typecast as you know the hip hop video game guy or anything like that nothing wrong with that sure but I I I was trying to do something different but nothing really felt right to me and it, it felt um, you know, uh, I was going against what I know. I like hip hop and I like anime and jazz and video games and all that kind of stuff. So we, I, like, I kind of learned my lesson with how many songs that didn't fit. I went to what I knew uh, best and I sent Dan like some anime clips and I sent him the whole first level. And I was like, just do what you do, put these two together and, you know, we'll figure something out. And he came back with the most perfect song for that level. And then we based the rest, rest of the game off of that. Um, and we had a rule that we would have to listen to a song uh, for, uh, I think it was a day or two, uh, straight. And uh, if at the end of uh, that time period, if we still liked the song, then we can go in the game. But if not, then uh, we would cut it. So we ended up with uh, so many tracks, I think like 40 wow. 40 songs, but um, we,
0: we, we went with 13 uh, for the 13 levels. Mm-hmm. And then for certain songs, we
1: re- reached out uh, to uh, people to do vocals. Um, um, and the last song of the game um, it is it's my favorite song, it's the best thing <laughs> that came from the game. Uh, I love it so much, it, it, it encapsulates my experience um, and how I was feeling making the game, mm-hmm. uh, how, you know, my insecurities as well as me just trying to push forward. Um, and Austin, who uh, was a rapper, did an amazing job.
0: <laughs> I think what you said right there kind of encapsulates what I, I wanted to ask you next. Um, It's a very personal experience for you, obviously, because it's something that you created from nothing all, not entirely by yourself, but I mean, it's really your project, right? Um, What do you want people who play the game to get away from it? If you're walking away from Never Yield, what is the experience or, I don't want to say message maybe, but I mean, say a message if you want to. I think maybe that can seem more grandiose than it needs to. But I play this game, I walk away. What do you want people to feel when they finish it?
1: really should have gave that guy a job
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a spike game (laughs) yeah so uh, the the point was always look what I could do by myself imagine if I was given any kind of opportunity
1: Uh, and how many people out there now um, who are in the same position that have been looking for opportunities Mm -hmm. that can't get one Um, I am the type of person that the game industry rejects Mm -hmm. so what are are we doing Um, and that's not to like you know, say I'm like super amazing or anything like that. I'm pretty average. Um, I'm, uh, there are people out there way better than, than me uh, doing way more amazing things, and y'all should always y'all should go check them out um, because it's really incredible. I I, I got the uh, I got the juice right now, but uh, but man, y'all should definitely check out some of these other creators.
0: I I think you're being Humble, which is nice, but you obviously are very talented, so that's a you know the major part of this. It's um, the talent and a showcase for your talent. I, I do think that when you see stories like this, of anyone making a game outside of the industry, putting their own stamp on it, and kind of signaling, like, hey, we're out here and nobody's paying attention to it, is great for the entire industry. And we're finally at a moment now with the three big publishers... Uh, really getting behind indie games and giving them a place to live once they're made and you see these studios uh, finding developers and giving them a spotlight I think there is a tide change and I think that you and your game are kind of indicative of hopefully what the future of the games are going to be because there's so many people out there playing it and the barrier to entry to making games is so much lower than it used to be
1: Yeah, like uh, people ask me for advice I hate giving advice hmm. um, because it's so it depends on the person so much um, I, I had so much bad advice, but I always just tell people, um, uh, the thing my high school coach told me that I forgot until I started making this game, you know, he would say in every class, he would say, things don't change. They remain the same unless you change them. And I just kept thinking about that. So I, I just wanted to, you know, kind of do that justice. I
0: don't think we can end on anything better than that, but I will ask you, um, just because I, I tend to ask everybody this, uh, what... What games do you play? What are you into? I literally play everything. <laughs> yeah. um, I think
1: the, the genre I don't really do much is like a, a, the Dark Souls type of games. I don't really like being frustrated.
0: I'm the um, same. I suck, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: Fallout, Fallout guy, I, I, man, it's an adorable game. I cannot play that game. I just, I just get frustrated. <laughs> I don't want to play games anymore. Um, But the, this new game, uh, Demo, you know that game? No, nah, I haven't played it. Man, uh, it's a VR game where you pretty much play Dungeons and Dragons like as a board game, but everything is done for you. Oh man, it's amazing! It's so good. Like, it's, it's like my new favorite genre.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, we got a plug in there for another game developer out there. Uh, awesome, Neil. Really appreciate your time. Congratulations on the launch. Uh, I'm excited to see what you're going to do next. I'm also excited just to watch, you know, Detroit as a place where games are coming out of now.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Yeah, the game's out. Check
0: it out. Uh, Let me know what you (laughs) think. Awesome. Thanks again, Neil.